we've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And today we're going to talk about unlocking creativity through unleashing the power of our voice, our inner voice and the ability and power to shine through that voice. And we're going to be talking with an expert in healing voice, mentoring and teaching and activating. And our guest is Eliane Gillard. Eliana, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's <laughs> going to be exciting to talk in the world of creativity. You've lived in Paris, you've lived in the States, you've lived in Israel. Uh, so there's a good global perspective there that I'm looking forward to hearing too. Eliana is the author of a great book called Emerge Triumphant, among other books, but we'll talk about that one today. And Eliana, this book has a terrific theme, a terrific story. Uh, maybe we could just start there, that the idea of emerging triumphant and finding our voice and thriving through uncertainty. How is it that we creative people can start to find our voice in these uncertain times? Uh, first of all, turn off your media. <laughs> really? Uh... Because you're not going to find it by trying to figure things out or by using, you know, the, the, well, here's the, which one do you want first, the good news or the bad? <laughs> Just give it to us. That's right. Which one? Tell me. I'll, I'll take the bad news first so that we okay. can come out That's on the other side. Of it. Yeah, so we'll come out on the good end. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. I'm not going to tell you something you don't know, maybe just bringing, you know, who, dear listeners, you know, whoever is listening in, you know, how, you know, in these times where nothing is sure and, you know, things are changing on the flip of a dime and you really can't count on anything anymore. And you might be experiencing in these, in these times, some like impetus or some pulse or something inside of you that's, you know, that's calling but you don't have any words for it and you're like a creative person and you you know you do show up and you try and figure out you know what is it what is it and you try this and you try that and you try and figure it out figure it out figure it out figure it out how's it working for you mm -hmm. now the bad news is that while those are the things that that's a cognitive function and that's the way we've all been inculcated in our, you know, education. Certainly, you know, if you've been in a business world in a, you know, professional setting, you know, and if you're in the North American, Western European cultures, we learn that a plan is made to follow through. How's it working? Today, you can't make plans and expect that it's going to be followed through. It's just not reality. And then we learn to figure things out, right? To have things, we'll make it work. That's our ethos. But those very skills that we've learned are 
sometimes the absolute worst tool to come up with solutions for what we're dealing with today. Mm. It doesn't work, how's it working for you? And if you insist on continuing to do that, you're just digging a hole for yourself more and more and more. Just following the plan for plan's sake. Following the plan, yeah. And I've just come from two months overseas, come back to the States, and I'm sensing this, like, just in the past two months, I have this sense of like after the summer, but nobody knows what's going on, but it like in the online space, <laughs> you know, my business is online, but you see all these like, uh, it, it just resonates, sounds great, looks great. Because underneath there, there's a whole nother level that none of us have learned. We all have access to it, but none of us has learned. And that's the good news mm. is that when the proverbial caca hits the fan, it's like, well, and the old ways don't work. What a great opportunity to try yeah. something new because you really can't fail. It's really the best time for creativity and for, for innovation, for inspiration to come through. It really is fantastic, but it will not work if you insist on being in control because you're not mm. and being comfortable it's not, you're not i mean like that's back to the bad news just, just by definition yes. you want you know you want to be comfortable go down with the titanic choice is yours <laughs> you know you want to expand and thrive let go and get ready for adventure yes <laughs> Well, certainly we're talking about these modern challenges, but your book also brings out the fact that a lot of these are ancient, you know, archetypes, ancient wisdom that we need to draw upon to solve or to at least uh, understand what we're going through. Yeah. Uh, maybe give us some insight into how the ancient voices came through in writing and crafting your book. Yeah, fortunately, well, we just came into the Hebrew New Year, 5,738 year old tradition. And mm -hmm. I'm a member, uh, I'm a born member of the Levite tribe. There are 12 tribes. I'm Levite tribe, which makes me direct descendant of Miriam and Moses and Aaron, Levite tribe. The Levite tribe were the musicians also in the temple, but there's tradition that is much older than biblical tradition the biblicals like more modern <laughs> modern times but this is a tradition that goes back thousands and thousands of years old we what we forget in modern times is that for the majority of human history we lived according to matriarchal worldview i don't mean man woman i mean matriarchal in terms of let's say mother nature you know where there's cycles you know, and when it's winter and the trees are without leaves, are they dead? No, mm. no, the leaves are, you know, the dead leaves are turning into compost that's it, happening quite actively in the dead of winter, but it's all existing at the same time. But when we're focused on our cognitively in our intellect, in our heads, how, you know, how we've lived for the last few thousand years, never get to access that. So we have the 
great fortune that those cultures that are still have remnants and connected to the ancient still have access to those technologies and and wisdom that was never written down it was passed down from generation to generation so it didn't get lost mm-hmm. and in plain sight survived and can thrive and i just am so grateful to be a member of this tribe because like in my dna i don't you know it's just like right it's a part know, of you yes but you know and having lived through three wars, social unrest and displacement in, you know, in Israel for 20 plus years, you know, it's like the best thing that I could have gone through for, mm-hmm. it prepared me really well for these times. There you, you know? go. And, and, I don't think everybody would take that uh, maybe optimistic view of it, but I see where you're going in terms of how it prepared you. Because everybody, well, everybody lives through war. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be literal bombs, but what happens when you're trying to figure out what to do next and it ain't working and you're still doing all the quote unquote right things like it's on social media, but people aren't calling and the sales aren't coming in and you're terrified. Oh my God, but what about the mortgage or what about the rent, right? Yes. Or you're after being in lockdown and you've been in a relationship for in the kids have left and you know and the parents are in assisted living and you're suddenly meeting your partner after 20 something years and going what mm-hmm. who is this person what am i doing what is my life about you know the plan doesn't work there and your heart is yearning for something but then what goes on inside of you that keeps you in on your hamster wheel that's a bomb because your heart's yearning for something but every time you dare go to do something it feels like you're gonna die inside but you can't let anybody see that because then they'll know you're not serious you're not professional and you're already scared Mm -hmm. you know like this doctor like you don't want to reveal this Mm-hmm. No, because, you know, we got to have it, I got to have it together. I mean, the whole reason I'm doing this uh, podcast tour and radio tour with the launch of Emerge Triumphant is that I used to be a broadcaster for CBS. And when I, and my entire work is a result of asking, my God, you know, I had thrown away my television set what, before I worked for CBS but I didn't dare tell anybody, you know, Mm. send me to the loony bin. But I found myself during the uh, Olympic games, I sat, I I was in the news research department where they decide what to broadcast. And I sat next to the gentleman who ran the wire services. And of course, this is before internet. Mm-hmm. Now there's like this little box with Reuters, UPI, just all these, you know, <laughs> a like, little sheet comes out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, with the little headlines, and the guy would go, "Oh my God, you wouldn't believe what happened." And one day I got up enough courage. I said, "I actually do." I said, "I actually threw my television. I may be working here, but I threw my television set away because it's always bad news." He goes, "What are you from the moon?" <laughs> He goes, let's look. I go, okay. And it was exactly that. 
you know, he goes, it's war, rape, pillage. Good news is a ceasefire. It's the same story. That's what commercial media is based on to scare the holy bejesus out of you. And then there are advertisements to sell you solutions to your pain. Mm-hmm. That's how Western commercialism culture exemplified in the U.S. to the hilt. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think with it, that background in, in my own life and all our lives, uh, when I came to this, it, well, yeah. when, I, when I came to this book then and said, well, Miriam's well, which we always knew was both, you know, a place and a gathering place. But, you know, considering that as the source of stories and where we're going to meet and tell the stories of the day. But I, I just found the the metaphor or the analogy of Miriam's well to a media outlet, you know, or a community well, that, gathering. Yeah, place, you know? that's very interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, actually. Because, yeah, in ancient times, the well was the gathering place, and that's where news, and that's where, yeah, that's where, but isn't that interesting? Because it was word of mouth, so Mm -hmm. your voice, you know, and not just the story you tell, but where it's coming from actually made the import, and that's the thing that we've lost in our amazingly fantastic technology that is i think the brilliance and the gift of our having cut off from our feminine side so that we could develop our technology so that we could develop these sciences so that now we've come full circle and now the ancient and the feminine is coming back up so that we can now you used the word emerging before you know Mm -hmm. that we can bring them back together yeah that's how i see it. i take a really wide wide view you know so let's go back to the well you know there's also your wisdom your answers are inside they're not outside they're, and they're not in the 30 second sound bite and it's not three steps too it's like how difficult is it for you to be who you already are the difficult part is daring to stop the drug of scrolling or the drug of what whatever the autopilot is mm-hmm. pick your poison you yeah. know and i'm not making a judgment on it either that's just how we no, but you're you're bringing up an interesting again a different view that i get now that i'm talking to you live than just reading the book but yeah the fact that uh we do have insight not external or outside influence, but even the way then uh, it it reveals to me a different, uh, I guess, explanation to the craftsmanship of your book. You end the chapter with some questions for reflection. You don't end the chapter with here's three steps or here's a plan or here's a plan of action or advice that you ought to take. You say, okay, now that you've read this, contemplate on this for a moment to help reveal that insight rather than your external advice. Absolutely, because you have your answers. I don't have your answers. I don't know, you know, I have enough questioning myself, right? (laughs) And imagine what this world would be like as we dare listen. We dare stop and listen, then we can, it's more effective than any Google search. 
you get your, you know, you don't need a Wi-Fi hookup, get your answers 24 seven, doesn't cost you a penny. It costs you your anxiety. It costs you giving up your, your religion of needing to figure it out and be in control. Yes. Yes. We're not in control. Yeah, well. at the same time, and at the same time, we are. It's the, you know, it's the, and I love that about the, the ancient coming back. Because if you think about what I love about this story of Hebrews in the desert, mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. These were slaves in Egypt. They dare leave, you know, they dare follow something from the inside that makes zero sense, zero sense. And it's just against the popular worldview, you know, of, you know, however people lived. And they miraculously get away. The seas part, whether you're taking that physical or right. literally, or it doesn't matter. I'm not relating to the physical part right now, but you know, so you're in a situation, you feel stuck, you're on a hamster wheel, you know, you're enslaved by, you're enslaved. And there's a lot of that today. And then you actually break free, which is why I think we see a lot of migration happening, not just for the economics. I, again, I'm looking, I'm speaking from a very wide angle lens here, but then you have desert. It's like the promised land doesn't come for two, three generations. Mm -hmm. So what happens during those 40 years? We're like two years into the desert, three years into the desert. Yes. What if we had 40 more, right? Right. Yes. And like the first book, it's like you say about the crafting, how do I write a book about something that's not cerebral? The world doesn't need another book. And I'm in service. The message is your answers are inside, not outside. Right, right. So, you know, read the book of yourself, you know, listen well, to yourself. Create that story. Well, in, in particular, you have a chapter on confidence and I use that word confidence in every episode of this podcast so i couldn't help but be gravitated towards uh, it sure. and you talk about breaking through uh, out of slavery but but just breaking through from any resistance there's a lot of resistance and desire to break out of something in all our lives yeah and you kind of say hey we need to get past the if there's a will to the way and you know other sort of mantras but what is in terms of finding our voice and breaking through whatever creative pursuit or personal pursuit or family pursuit that might be? Yeah, that's a great question. This is what got forgotten that is so important to remember and reconnect with today. Our voice, literally and figuratively, our voice is we knew the power of voice literally and figuratively in ancient times, and then we disconnected from it. But your voice, your human voice, your, is your, it's the instrument that bridges your inner clarity, your inner world with your outer expression. And when you are disconnected from your inner clarity, you know, from, your, I'll call it, you know, let's call it your inner voice, meaning it's that a nudge, 
my second TED talk, if you, uh, I, there's a really good exploration there that the second TED talk is trust your silent voice. And there's the research and there's really cool stuff there. There, there I dare speak my own voice in creativity for years, just like the book, how am I going to write this? I always thought, well, what if, you know, there's this story of the parting of the seas. It's like, how could that, you know, here's a drum, you know, mm -hmm. you see all these, they're not manufactured, it's animal skin. And it's written in the, in the biblical text, you know, and Miriam leads the Israelites, she leads, you know, singing, the English translation says singing and dancing, and through our minds we go, oh, singing and dancing, no, 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 no. They wielded the power of the entire cosmos in their hands because in those days we were living according to feminine worldview and we knew the power of vibration and sound. Buildings were built through them. We knew how to manipulate and use that. We don't, we are much more Neanderthal today than we were then. Mm vis-a-vis -vis this. So I was always thinking, how, how, come on, how could that be? If the water's part and there with drums, there'd be no sound. It's like skin, wet. Then I go, well, wait a minute. But they knew how to wield power. What if through their voices, you know, through the connection to the vibration that the waters parted? Oh yeah, that, oh God, that makes so much sense. But I didn't dare say that to anyone, you know, it's like, oh, they'll, you know, hang me on the cross or, you know, send mm -hmm. me to bin. So for years and years and years, my work has always been like a, um, like everything that I've learned and done, it's from the inside out. It's not that somebody taught me it. It's by direct experience. And that I have found and continue to find is the best teacher. Mm. So good. All right. So how do you prove something that's 5,000 years old in a modern world where everything has to have the good housekeeping seal? Yes, I was going to ask you about that scientific proof. Well, for the TED talk, I, I'd like look for who's doing research, you know, of voice, vibration, water molecules. <laughs> and for that second TED talk, I found it. I found it in... That, that TED Talk was around the launch of the first iteration of this book, which was Miriam's Secret. And in, at the University of Zurich, they did a study on the effect of vibration upon water molecules and that it would part the waters. And I have this little 20-second scene in there of you see a water faucet like they turn on the, and the, you know, water flows, you know, from the water faucet, but they have this little knob that they attached to the water faucet. And when they turn that knob, the hertz, you know, it, it, the vibration changes and the water and then the flow of water parts and it starts dance like these water molecules start dancing. It's astounding. So I dared, you know, that for me was such a, that is after 20 years of knowing this intuitively, mm -hmm. but I finally found the corroboration that people 
would say, oh, they could see, they could cognitively see it. And that is why during, uh, in 2000, which was the Intifada, the Mideast crisis, um, I had a lot of success with this, but you know, how do you prove, what is this? What is this thing? And uh, the voices will go, yep, you need some housekeeping seal of approval. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, this isn't going to stay with you. It won't go anywhere. And it says, go to the, go to your local hospital because it serves a 50-50 Israeli-Palestinian population and suggest a healing music project. I'm like, what? I'm not a doctor, right? They're going to like laugh me out. I mean, how am I even going to get in there? And, but it was so clear to me that if I reacted to what the news was portraying, which I knew from CBS, that I was contributing to the problem. Mm -hmm. So I needed, if I wanted to show up in solution, that it, that required a whole different response, but I didn't know what it was. And then there was the trying to figure it out, you know, like I was speaking about before, getting yes. me nowhere fast, you know, and then the inner criticism of, well, you nuts, you, who do you think you are anyway? You know, like, how dare you be unique? How dare you trust yourself, right? You know, follow, follow the rules. Um, but, the, you know, the war went on and, you know, I didn't have a better idea. Finally, one day I got up enough, you know, I just... <laughs> I just I called and I I went and the and the uh, the nurse said oh yeah come but then I got there and the doctor goes you can't come in here I'm like <laughs> and he goes but before I left he goes I'll tell you what we can do he goes if you want to put together a presentation you know we can have we can set up a meeting with the entire medical staff and if you want to make a presentation and show the evidence base of how this might work and the entire staff agrees maybe we can do a test and that was like my test you know that was like the next test so and again this is there's no google there's no there's no yes. internet you know i spent my next however long months however long it was 24 seven in the libraries, anything I could find that had to do with vibration, it was, you know, science and archeology span and medicine, anything that had to do. And I, came, I compiled 16 studies hmm. and I went in and go, well, of course, you know, this one and esteemed, esteemed medical staff of course you know this one and of course you know this doctor and of course you know and after 16 then i gave a uh live example and they decided unanimously to do a test and that test after that first test day I received a letter from that same doctor going, you know, when you first came, we were worried because it didn't seem medical to introduce something like this to, you know, to neonates in an intensive care situation. But I have to admit that we were wrong because when you sat next to a baby who weighs 500 grams, that's like mm -hmm. less than a pound. 
And when you began to sing, he began to move. And this proved three things to us. One, that he was hearing. Two, that part of his brain was working. And three, that he enjoyed the music. And in addition, we as the medical staff, it helped us in our own work. We could focus better and we were calmer. So Eliana, you know, I ask for your patience because I, you know, we believe that if this could become uh, a regular procedure, you know, regular in the NICU, then this could begin a whole new era for all the babies, no matter what their origin. And we translated that letter from Hebrew into English. Mm. Um, we ended up uh, getting a fully funded research for three years, paid my, paid my salary. And I'm not a doctor, I'm the instigator of this. And I knew one day they put letters after my name in the research. I go, what are those letters? <laughs> Where did I get these? They never took them off. And at the beginning I was terrified. I, oh God, one day in the future, I'm gonna get punished because you know that same thing, because I dared speak my truth when there was no precedence to it. But today, that is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm telling the story so that you can know that when there's something in you that's, that's an impulse, that's a hunch, trust it. It doesn't make sense because it's coming from a whole, it's, it's, your, it's your true voice. The ones that you listen to and react to, those are habitual voices. Those are, they're not, a lot of them, not even yours, you know, ones that you heard as a child, you know, and that got programmed in. And, yes. you know, the research is show, science shows us that, you know, we learn, we make our world decisions by seven years old, eight years old. And then those voices are going, you know, they're through an educator, through a parent, through a relative, through, you know, some somewhere that you heard. And that's how we live the rest of our life. That's not your voice. That's a habit. So trust, trust what that hunch, because it's important. You have something that nobody and your voice has something that nobody else has. And it kind of returns us to the well. It's like well, exactly. It's and I, I wanted to circle back because you're also talking about the look, all of us creatives, every listener to this podcast says, I have this inner critic and I'm going against the grain on something to create something new. But you're talking about what if the water parted because of these sound vibrations from the singing and the dancing and the drumming? Well, you're, you're going against science and medicine, but you're also going against biblical tradition. You're going against ancient stories. You're going against the Hollywood movie. We've all seen it. We know how Moses parted the water. He would just raise his hands. So, you know, there's too much that we could say. Oh, yeah. Well, who I, am I? I know. Go, and living yeah. in and living in Israel, it's like me mm -hmm. talking about Miriam? Huh? You know, I'd yes. be Well, and you remind us in the book that Miriam is from three religious traditions. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you've got a lot of uh, confluence of potential translation there. <laughs> But for me, Miriam isn't a person. Miriam is the archetype of feminine leadership, even her name in Hebrew. You know, at this point, over the 30 plus years of my career, I've at this point 
between 10, 15,000 professionals have been, you know, have been trained in this, with this approach. Now the course is called Emerge Triumph and Thrive Through Uncertainty because of what we're going through, but it's had, it began as your authentic voice that I taught in 2005 on a bridge line in Galilee and <laughs> the lines would go and my voice was like, how can you be teaching about authentic voice and you can't even be on the line? Who are you? What? I'm telling you this story so that you'll trust like your waters will part when you dare to not run because that's how the waters part. And I just see it over the 30 years, time and time again, no matter if it's the authentic voice course or it's Emerge Triumphant, you know, that, that people learning these tools, you know, when they learn to connect to the, to the inner clarity and bridge that, you know, with the voice, that's behind the sound. The sound is actually the after effect, but it brings us back to that well. It's like the, we learn any kind of presentation course teaches you about how to speak and how to look at the camera. And, you know, I'm from broadcasting. I blacked out in my first TED talk, the first one. I know how to present. Yes. It didn't have to do with presentation. It's where it's coming from. But it ended up the best thing. Imagine your terror of, you know, the blocks that come up when you go to creatively express yourself. Well, imagine that that block could actually be your greatest mojo. You're, it is. I mean, I'm live, pinnacle of my career. You know, it's like live, Ted. Ted Talks are live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And there I'm like, and I'm about Miriam and, uh, and I like, finally, how did I even get that? It's a woman who was in one of those first authentic voice courses where the phones would go down and she reached out to me going, oh, I'm dreaming of you coming to the States and I'm organizing a TED talk. Who knew? It's not you're going out. It's you're going in. You know, and there I gave the talk and I don't know, at some point I just, I blacked out my worst fear, pinnacle of my career. Don't know what to say, completely forget my script, everything. And the voice goes beyond the cognitive. Well, sweetheart, this would be a really great, isn't this a great opportunity to... <laughs> practice what it is that you teach you know, here at the pinnacle of there your you are. career you know, where I'm like dying inside because it's my worst fear, you know, public humiliation. And it ended up the best thing that could ever happen because now I've got this great story. And that first talk was in 2012. So it's 10 years ago now. And I've been telling this story for a long while. I go, go watch that TED talk. It's your voice, make it heard. And anybody who tell who can tell me where I blacked out, I'll give you a prize. And I haven't <laughs> given out a prize yet. I love that. <laughs> well, Eliana, what what a terrific conversation. I've enjoyed it so much. And listeners, uh, Eliana has agreed to give us a bit of a demonstration of her healing voice activation technique and process. And so uh, stay tuned after our interview here. 
for uh, a more full audio presentation of that uh, process. Eliana, thanks for talking to us. And really, uh, this idea I just take away from is you can part your own waters. You know, go inside, find that story, uh, use the vibration, but uh, certainly we can overcome our own, you know, obstacles. Yep. That's so beautiful. Love it so much. Where where can we find you, connect with you, learn more about your work? And I, I also understand you have some workshops and you're planning some new ones for next year. The repository is at voicesofeden.com. That's the main website. And on there you'll find a, uh, and the book is at uh, forward slash book. Great. There is a nice little gift video too that was recorded at one of the ancient healing sites of Galilee on the shores of the Mediterranean. And uh, there's a free workshop there that you can avail yourself of. And next step, if you're, you know, if you're really ready to find your true voice, our jumpstart resources there to help you to get out of your mind and into your heart and connect your voice from your heart out. Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to visit the website, take advantage of all those resources. And listeners, again, it's Eliana Gelad. She's the author of Thrive Through Uncertainty, Emerge Triumphant, a wonderful book uh, that's uh, based on a lot of Miriam's teachings, both, you know, sort of biblical and, as you've suggested, Ileana, sort of the all-encompassing view of Miriam as a feminine voice with ancient wisdom. Well, thanks for sharing. Thank you. And listeners, come back again next time. We're going to continue our around-the-world journeys to talk to creative practitioners everywhere about how they get inspired with new ideas, but also, as we've learned today, uh, how to overcome obstacles and launch our work out into the world and free our voice and use our voice to pursue the creativity that is inside of us. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. And stay tuned for Eliana's demonstration of the uh, heart voice activation. Well, it, yeah, and the activation, it's going to be focused upon unlocking your creativity. That's going to be the focus. So. Fantastic. Well, stay tuned for that, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. So you are about to experience a therapeutic singing activation. And in ancient times, the leaders would go to temples and they would avail themselves of special applications of voice and rhythm that would bypass the intellect and connect them inwardly to their higher mind and there was always a focus and so this activation focus is going to be unlocking your creativity so there's no right or wrong way to listen but if you will please if you're in the middle of doing something do yourself a favor and sit down or lie down eyes open eyes closed whatever you prefer there's no right or wrong but while you are listening, give yourself the gift of receiving. 
And the most important part of the music actually comes in the silence after the sound stops. That's when it's like the sound is like a pebble in the pond, but the power is the reverberation afterwards. And you will experience something. It could be strong, it could be very subtle. Even if it's really strong, no worries. It's a very, actually quite a good sign. It means that the vibrations are doing their natural ultrasound and they have the, they're releasing the blocks that are inside at a non-cognitive or unconscious level. So sit back, relax, and uh, allow yourself to go on this journey. We'll go on it together.
If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media. The Patients Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by 83 Bar. Look for The Patients Speak on your favorite podcast app.